Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Don't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. Every week, I have to tell them to record it. Every week. We've been doing this for 11 fucking years. You think, uh, welcome to Real Nerds Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ryan. And every week, we see a new movie and podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Prey, the Predator's first hunt on Earth. With me this week is the full house, Brad. Hey. Zach. Hello. And Corinne. Good evening. How is everyone in Radio Land? Well, I tell you, we're doing good down here in Radio Land. We're going to kick off another Top 25 Countdown at the top of the hour. But before we do that, we're going to say thanks to our sponsor, Campbell's Soup. Mm-mm Campbell's good. Soup is good, good, good. <laughs> you guys are dorks. I gave you the commercial lead and Brad, 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 now you go to another commercial and then you take it over back to Ryan. <laughs> Hey, buy my stuff. Remember when you visit? <laughs> here, let me help you with 1940s radio buying stuff. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to buy several Blu-rays from a local artist? Well, now you can. Log on to thebestvisions.com and get the Blu-rays for some of the best local movies you can see. Nebulous is good for the last view. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you ever interrupt me again, Zach. Don't I was you doing the jingle that goes at ever. the end of the commercial before they go back to Bob Hope. <laughs> Don't you ever interrupt me. I will cue you in. Okay. Yeah, she'll laugh. You'll cry. You'll have a lock at Bradley Hague's latest films. Nebulous Vision's good for the latest view. Yeah. And I, I got approve. to purchase all your Nebulous Vision's goods. Hey, buddy. <laughs> can, 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 can you can people buy your blu-rays on your website brad not yet oh man i'm just well fuck it then <laughs> yeah it's just like you're wasting your time it, it's getting there i i i'll have plenty more time to work on it now <laughs> <laughs> yeah we see movies what did we see, see like this a, week i i said pray at the beginning of the show i swear to god man i, <laughs> I don't even know why i try I don't even know why i try sorry don't even know. So, uh, yeah, we'll tell you if you if we recommend Prey or not. Play the trailer and then spoil the film as we talk about it. We also talk about uh, the big movie news of the week. And um, we have this new format that we've been doing for a while now. But I'm dropping a segment 
I'm dropping. <gasps> uh, the Hollywood comeback is full. Is good to go. Um, movies are doing well again. Uh, you know, mostly Top Gun Mavericks. Uh, or I mean, a couple weeks ago, there's like three movies that made over thirty million dollars. So, you know, movies are doing well. So, now I know you guys aren't listening to me at all tonight, huh? But <laughs> the new segment. Now, listen closely. Is going to be right up against the mic. Thank you. Is going to be. Tell me the one thing that you're watching that everybody else should be. The one thing. So I saw two things this week. Definitely tell you about both of them. Oh, you son of a bitch. I swear to God. Swear to God. Now, now, Ryan, give him a shot. Maybe he can make it quick. Nope. I said one. Especially since Bullet Train's going to be probably a movie of the week. Gotcha. So you keep that in your... So you think that it keep that in your back pocket, Mr. Haig. All right. Uh, Film Explosion is the movie of the week, sir. Yeah, next week. But then we're doing the week after that. I don't know. Have you looked at the release date coming up? (laughs) 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 We need it. We need to pocket some of these like bullet train bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, Yep. Yep. (laughs) The other (laughs) shit. I have. I have some other ones that uh, I have seen and it will, I will include in this segment that may be our future depending on how long they last in theaters. Gotcha. Yep. But choose one and choose wisely. So choose none. Got it. Yeah. So don't drink from the wrong fucking cup or you're going to melt away. Okay. Like that Nazi fucking prick. I don't want to see that anymore. All right. You got it, but you got it. Thanks. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we watched Prey. Brad, do you recommend Prey? I do. There, that's it. Next. Nice. Zach, do you recommend Prey? Fuck yeah, I do. Corinne, do you recommend Prey? Yes. It was a good time. We are four for four. Prey is fucking awesome. Here's the trailer for Prey. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. I saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. something else. I'm coming with you. You can't. I'm trying to protect you. Protect me from what? It's time.
knows how to hunt. I know how to survive. So Prey takes place over 300 years ago in the Comanche Nation, and it is the Predator's first hunt on Earth. And so he comes down, and uh, it happens to be at a time when a young woman doesn't want to be a a gatherer and do all that stuff. She wants to be a hunter like her father. And so she's working on it, and her brother is like the cool hunting guy in their tribe. And uh, while they're out one day looking for um, food, she notices a spaceship in the air, but she's not sure what it is. And it brings down to Earth the Predator. And then it becomes, how do we defeat this Predator with, you know, not the advanced weapons that we had in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. It's really a test of... uh, this young woman being smarter than someone that has advanced technology and um, all it does is hunt. So uh, a very interesting premise, I think. Yeah. Brings everything back to like an elemental, uh, I don't know, situation. Um, Yeah. I I like the, uh, even though you know who the predator is, obviously, I think this this design was cool because, you know, maybe after 300 years, the Predator, like, changed a little bit. Or is is this Predator from a different part of their world, you know what I mean? Where we have Canadians and Frenchies and Russians and, and everybody looks a little different. Maybe it's a different kind of race of Predator or something. It's interesting they had, like, the laser sight, but they didn't have anything else technologically advanced in the arsenal, but they had the laser. Yeah. yeah I think it's again, even the, the gun is just uh, like spears or arrows that fire out instead of lasers. Yeah. I think that I, in a way that's really cool though. Cause I think it allows it that, yeah, he's advanced, but if you notice too, even his mask isn't quite as advanced as, you know, the predator we're used to seeing. Yeah. Um, it has a target system, but, you know, in Predator 2, he has the different, like, visions he can do and um, all that other stuff. But, yeah, I-, I thought it was really cool, too, because they're introducing, you know, the Predator has, uh, as a race has never been to Earth. So how, how he was studying, you know, the coyote and the rabbits. How do we know it hasn't been? Like, maybe it was there when the dinosaurs are around and they just... They hunted dinosaurs. Well, I mean, that's how it's been promoted. But I mean, I guess yeah, could... there's something in the movie that says that. But you're right, Ryan. I, I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean the, I mean the promos for it say, "See the predators first hunt on Earth." So, and I think that's what it's getting across because if you if you look, like I said, that one scene where he's watching the coyote and the rabbit, he's trying to 
pick out which one's the hunter. And then also with the bear, he's, you know, trying to figure out what this world is all about. Yeah. I just, I, I just kind of appreciated that we weren't, <clears throat> we're steeped in lore. If you remember that moment in predator too, but outside of that, it's kind of a little cool movie that works on its own. Like, <laughs> and you um, see the, the French gun is the same one in predator too. Yes. Comes full circle. So yeah, I wonder exactly. how the predators got it back. That means they had to come back. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, yeah. If they... you watched the end of the main credits, there was a little hint that they might be coming back. Exactly. Yeah. There's that little animation in the end credits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. No. I'd be, I just appreciate it. It's it's got some solid action scenes too. Um, watching the predator fight a fight a wolf out in the middle of the wild and just watching it advance on it. Like it was, that was pretty stunning. Uh, there's a shot of like a mouse goes for an insect and then a snake goes for the mouse and then the predator kills the snake. <laughs> like I liked <laughs> that little buildup. That was really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the fight, the predator fights a bear. How cool is it the fr- that the predator fights a bear? That was I awesome. Thought was, that thought that was pretty cool that the predator fought that fucking bear. Uh, and <clears throat> Amber Midthunder's character, the way she, she's, the way she is able to strike back at those, uh, I think, are they fur trappers, Ryan? Or are they just, yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're French fur trappers and French fur trappers. The way she's able to get at that lead fur trapper, that big old, like disgusting looking guy. And then get, kill the predator with his own uh, with his own arrow directional arrow thing. Like I just thought she like the resourcefulness by the end was fucking awesome. And if it bleeds, we can kill it. Is apparently a motto through time. It should be inscribed in all of our statues. <laughs> well, I mean, go ahead. I was just gonna say it was also really cool how she learned to put a leash on her hatchet, and then when she trained. By tossing the hatchet between the trees back and forth. Mm-hmm. Pretty badass. Yeah, like an early scorpion, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty but much, yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, it's just a cool movie. And the, the only bummer is I would kill to have seen this on a big screen. Oh, I know. I was going to say the exact same thing. Because I, yeah. I watched it at home and I tried to catch it like as soon as it dropped, thinking, oh, yeah, I can stay up and watch this. And I didn't stay up. I fell asleep. Like right after they, you know, uh, give the brother like medals and promote him or something. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I woke up at the very end of the final Predator fight. No. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I would have loved yeah, I... to watch this build up. But yeah, now my second watch was just completely like, I know what's happening. Yeah, I was able to watch it at 10 on Thursday. <laughs> I, uh, I went on Hulu and I just clicked on the movies because there's a little ad on Twitter that says, watch it now. So I clicked on, cause it wasn't on like the main page, but if you searched pray and clicked on it, you could watch it. So yeah. Cause I was excited to watch it. Cause I love the predator franchise and I thought it was uh, a really cool take on it. I love when they try to use that, you know, the trappers did not, understand the the predator and they used you know the sister and the brother as bait but he's not interested in them because they don't have any weapons it's not a fair fight Mm. so 
he just annihilates all those trappers and um it was awesome that predator's not fair he totally did the camouflage to beat the brother so he cheated that's true but you know i mean he used all sorts of mechanical shit to beat the trappers he used like bombs and little like i don't know heat seeking frisbees or something I loved when you picked yeah. up the uh, the bear trap and threw it at the one dude's face. <laughs> yeah, it was so awesome. And the net came back, and that was cool. <laughs> yeah. It just made the guy all mush. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be devil's advocate a little bit on you know. Obviously, I would have it would have been cool to see it on the big screen, but I appreciated watching it at home just because like I was able to get up and like I got dinner halfway through. Because I mean, it wasn't so much of a horror mil- a horror film like I was expecting, but it was still nice that I was able to break it up a little bit have the lights on and stuff. Also, I watched it actually in the Comanche dub, which was really cool. So I highly recommend everybody go check that out. Yeah, I plan to. Yeah, no, it's fun. I I did both. I watched it uh, the first time. It's just normal. And then yesterday I watched it in the Comanche dub. Because actually, as I was watching it, it felt like the dialogue felt too modern. Uh, hmm. The way they were saying things and in the, in the, the words they're using. So... I definitely want to go back and just listen to it in Comanche as intended. Yeah. And they're the part where the French fur trappers, they're, they're talking in French. They don't translate what they say into English. The subtitles are in French. So oh, cool. Unless you can read French, you have no I idea can. what they're saying. <laughs> I took eight years of French. Yeah. Where did, where did that get you, Brian? Uh, when I was in Paris, it actually worked out really well. That one time, like 12 years after I graduated high school. Talking about it, got him on a very world-renowned podcast. That's what it got him. That's right. Yeah. But no, it's just, yeah, the movie's fun. And it oh, was cool to see. Shoot. <laughs> our, our Twitch chat is just lighting up with uh, trolls. Is it really? Saying that praise just it sucks and... Women can't fight predators. Oh, man. I have to delete half this stuff. It's not happening. I'm just kidding. I was going to say. I was going to say what? <laughs> we got let, found let, out, guys. Let me uh, let me go ahead and tell them to go fuck themselves. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Go no. fuck themselves theme. <laughs> I, I did love, too, the, uh, the scene where the predator is, like, revealed, revealed, where he takes on that whole uh, hunting party where mm-hmm. she's she's captured and they're trying to figure out how to beat him. And, you know, she's pleading with them not to fight him. And it's kind of a cool mono a mono fight. Yeah. We also didn't talk about her cool sidekick. Oh yeah. Her dog is awesome. Dog is dope. I totally expected it to die. Uh, (laughs) I felt like it was a movie that would, it would go there, but I'm glad it it was, it was fun. There's a, there's a really funny meme of, uh, horror movies when they introduce a dog at the beginning and it's Keanu Reeves smiling and then it slowly morphs <laughs> in him to being John Wick. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I read too, they they uh, rescued that dog from a shelter. So it could uh, be in the movie and then I forget, uh, someone adopted it from the crew or something like that, if I remember correctly. So that's yeah, awesome. That a big movie star. That's right. Yeah, that's a cool scene too, where he 
ran from the bear and uh then he runs back to naru and then the bear starts running after her too i'm like oh fuck awesome and then the predator bathes in the bear's blood yeah that was a really cool scene yeah is the uh the flower that makes your 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 blood cool is that is that a real thing oh i have no idea because in this movie which has an extraterrestrial in it that was the one thing that was like that seems made up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i could buy this monster coming down with weapons (laughs) and shit but (laughs) not a dandelion that instantly makes your blood temperature lower (laughs) or maybe it's just uh i don't know that's a good question Movies are just lies, guys. It's 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 her it's her version of the mud, I guess. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. Because if you cover yourself in mud, does it really not make your body uh, show heat and that kind of vision? See, now now you're questioning everything, Brad. <laughs> oh, I've ruined this movie. Now, now I can't even watch Predator the same way. I changed my I- review. <laughs> <laughs> I did see on the IMDb, uh, they had like the different goofs, you know, or continuity errors or whatever. And one of them was the flower or, you know, how it's supposed to affect your body temperature. And apparently if your body temperature is so low that you can't be seen on like a, you know, heat vision, then you're hypothermic or you're dead. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, um. I'm. I enjoyed it. I've only ever seen the second Predator movie, and even then, I saw it the one time. Oh so man! For someone who's relatively new to the Predator franchise, I enjoyed Prey. Yeah, I would. I would say it's the second best Predator movie. Yeah, the first one's still pretty cool, but yeah, it's definitely a different tone. Yeah, I, was I, I mean, I... that the Predator didn't go after her brother because, from what I remember, of Predator Two. Like there was the whole thing about how Danny Glover's character was so strong and that's why the Predator was like gunning for him most of the movie. So I figured that because uh, Naru's brother had proven himself by killing the mountain lion that the Predator was going to be going after him. Yeah, he's always looking for like bigger and stronger competitors. So uh, I think that at that point in the Predator 2, Danny Glover is his his, uh, most fearsome opponent. Yeah, but, you know, I don't think the Predator gives a shit. <laughs> well, this is his first but, hunt on Earth, and maybe that's why he's still trying the, to get used to the ecosystem. No, that's from Predator 2, and the Predator falls through that old lady's house, and uh, Danny Glover says, it's okay, I'm, uh, I'm a police officer, and she says, I don't think he gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, Predator. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Cool. Hey, we should get uh, physical with the news of the week. It's real news. You want to give some context to that, Ryan? Yeah, why don't uh, you do that, buddy? Yeah, uh, Olivia Newton-John passed away, and she yeah. had a number one hit with the song Physical. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, from Greece alone, she's an icon, but, I mean, I'm not a a fan of Xanadu, but you know, some people are. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. It's a catchy song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The movie's weird as hell, but yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I honestly love you. Have you never been mellow? And please, Mr. Please, all number one easy listening hits. So, as per CNN. Yeah, and I mean, she's, I mean, she's easy to love because she's beautiful. And yeah, I mean, obviously, I think everybody fell in love with her during Greece. Um, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more about that, Ryan. Sure. So the song Physical was actually written for Rod Stewart. And Rod Stewart says, I'm not going to sing that song because it's silly. And then she took it and made it a number one hit. So damn right. She did. <laughs> and and when you hear it, I can't picture a man singing that song. I don't know if it's just because her video's awesome where they're wearing, you know, aerobics gear and stuff. And she's really pretty and um, she can sing and she can act and dance and just a lovely woman. I can yeah. picture Rod Stewart singing that, actually. Yeah. Can we yeah, get well, a demonstration of what that might have sounded like, Ryan? <laughs> no, I cannot imitate Rod Stewart's singing voice. It's too good and too unique. Um, how about Bruce? How about Bruce Springsteen singing it? Well, this song right here is about when you find that special someone and you want to get physical with them. <laughs> So she took me to a neighborhood restaurant. <laughs> I want to get physical. Physical. I want to get physical. <laughs> now do Stallone. <laughs> you know, it's physical. You know? <laughs> That's all I got. No, keep going, Rock. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, she will be missed. You know, I just want to get physical, you know? It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> that was my uh, Rambo physical. <laughs> I'm Colonel Troutman, and I'm ordering you to stand down. <laughs> so, we just made fun of Olivia Newton-John, but wonderful lady and she left an incredible mark on cinema and music mm-hmm, because Greece is an all-time classic yeah just saying you know it is it's an amazing <laughs> one uh, here we've come to the part of the show that's brand new tell me the one thing you're watching so, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what is the one thing you want people to watch that you've been watching? Or something interesting you've watched that you want to share? All right. The first one is... You son of a bitch. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I was not prepared for this segment, so I did watch a yep. lot of stuff. Um, I think I'll just pick the most recent thing that I saw was I Love My Dad. Which is a oh, it's a Pat Oswald movie. Yeah, Pat Oswald, really cringe comedy, where Pat Oswald is a really shitty dad, and uh, he's, um, what is it, traumatized his son with it, and eventually his son graduates from therapy, comes home and deletes his Facebook account that his dad has been using to stalk him, and then his dad is uh, frustrated that he can't uh, peer in 
anonymously into his son's life. So he decides to catfish his son by creating a fake profile of a pretty girl that his son eventually falls in love with and wants to meet in person. And he, uh, Patton Oswalt basically uh, spends the rest of the movie trying to, to deflect and uh, lie and get uh, prolong the situation um, and use it to trick his son into doing a road trip with him. And it's really, really awkward. And I wrote in letterbox, just think of the most embarrassing moment of your life and then sit in that feeling for an hour and a half. Oh, shit. And that's what it feels like to watch this movie. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but it, it's, you know, it's like sitting through every embarrassing thing Michael Scott does for a really <laughs> long time. Uh, so like it's, basically just watch Scott's talks like four times in a row. Yeah, four, five, ten times. Yeah, um, yes. almost every moment in this movie, the things he does uh, to just make it escalate and make everything worse. And just when you think he's finally turned a corner, uh, he he doubles down because he's a habitual liar and uh, generally wants to genuinely wants to connect with his son, but he's just such a terrible person uh, that he just can't help himself and just makes things worse. And the ending, uh, like, I don't, I don't want to say I didn't see it coming, but it, uh, th- there's a little bit of a like a twist at the very end of the movie that's just so, like, I was like, oh, that's just that's just like a, a great idea on a way, like the way to end this. Um, so the only weird thing is that the the son in the movie is also the writer director, and it's I guess based on his true life a bit. Maybe a little bit more exaggerated, but he's playing like a 17 year old, but he, he looks like he's 30. So there's that. Huh? I mean, so I, still, I really want to see it. Yes. It's a movie I wanted to see that uh, I just saw. I, I didn't know anything about it, but I saw it was playing at the Alamo. So I watched the trailer and I go, man, this looks like a fun movie. And the way you described it makes me want to see it more. Yeah, that's us saying. Uh, if it hangs around long enough, I, it might be a good uh, movie of the week for us. Cool. And it's cool. That I saw it at the Sea Film Center, so the fact that it's the Alamo too is makes it easier for you. It sure does. I love it. Corinne, that's the only right? thing I watched this week. <laughs> that's right. Corinne, tell me one thing we should be watching this week, or an interesting thing you watched. So I, first of all, suggestion that you rename the segment, recommend one thing, because then the abbreviation would be R-O-T, rot. I don't know, just fun fact there. Uh, but the thing I will recommend, and I've said I already it forgot on, what you told me. Go ahead. Recommend one thing, Ryan. Recommend one thing. Uh, but I've said it on Showtime before. But there's this amazing anime called Spy Family. It's written as Spy X Family. It's wonderful. My sister was here visiting a couple weeks ago, and I showed her the bulk of the series up till this point. There's only 12 episodes out right now, but I've been reading the manga, and it's awesome. So I will recommend both the anime and the manga, but anyway, Spy X Family. And where can we find this streaming? It's on Hulu, and I believe it's also on Crunchyroll, but I know it's on Hulu for sure. Cool. Zach? Oh, wow. Uh, really? The only I've rewatched a bunch of stuff that I've recommended all before, but 
I'm going to go ahead and recommend Light and Magic, the docu-series on Industrial Light and Magic that's on Disney Plus right now. Yeah, that um, is great. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. Um, <clears throat> it's very solid. Um, I was very alarmed by the fact that George Lucas uh, sounds very different than the way we've been making fun of him for the last 10 to 15 years. <laughs> um, he has clearly gotten older. Um, so in a sense, it was allowing me to not go into that mode that I get with George Lucas where I'm like, you're going to come up with the same excuses and that same voice, and I'm just going to have to sit here and listen to it. But he's very open and very honest, and I think time away from this franchise that he created has given him time to just kind of be a little bit more relaxed. Um, and uh, it's a very open doc about the creation of that company. Um, they don't shy away from... Don, John Dykstra's whole situation of not being invited up into the San Francisco area with them uh, after the creation of Star Wars. Um, they're very, very upfront with Phil Tippett uh, and the, that whole situation. Like it's it's uh it's kind of weird. By the time you get to the end of the series, you're the the series covers basically the making of Star Wars up to the creation of the Mandalorian, um, that, that screen that they're using now for the live environment capture. Um, but they miss some films along the way. They're really sticking with the star Wars films, Indiana Jones, ET Spielberg and Lucas stuff. Essentially there really isn't, I wish there was a little bit more talk about other things that they had done, um, outside of just the Spielberg, Lucas Cannon, because I know they worked on other films. They kind of show glimpses here and there. Um, uh, but the the big thing on Jurassic Park was the big upset is is that at last the computer division basically overtakes the whole show, and Phil Tippett's kind of left there to just be the director of dinosaur animation. And it's kind of bittersweet because he gets this very important task for Jurassic Park but it also feels like they've just completely shoved him out the door in favor of the computer. So like you're both happy computers exist, but you're not at the same time. So, um, but yeah, uh, if anybody's looking for an interesting six episode, roughly, roughly around six hour doc by Lawrence Kasdan, this is your best bet. That's a good one. Um, uh, the one thing I'll recommend is a little pre-code comedy that I just tweeted about. It's called design for living. Um, it stars Frederick March, Gary Cooper, and Miriam Hopkins as um, Ernst Lubitsch. Yes, uh, Frederick March plays a guy named Thomas who is a playwright. Gary Cooper plays a guy named George who is a painter slash artist, and Miriam Hopkins is uh, guy. I don't know her. She's also an artist. Uh, she's more of like a publicist, I guess. Um, but she's also very artistically talented and they meet by chance on a train and both the men fall in love with her. And so she decides that since men can date several women and uh, before they choose who they want to be with, that she's going to flip it on its head and she's going to date both the men at the same time and not choose who she's going to marry or fall in love with. and it's a really funny movie. Um, there's a, a part where uh, Thomas gets his play picked up and it premieres in um, London. And so while Gilda and George are left in Paris, 
they hook up and she said, I know we made a gentleman agreement that they wouldn't sleep with each other, but she lies on the bed and says, I'm no gentleman. I'm like, Whoa. All right. Um, so yeah, it's just about how she, she hooks up with, um, a couple men cause she loves them both for different reasons. And at the end, does she choose one or does she choose both? And they head upstairs for menage a trois. I don't know, but it's a, it's definitely a pre code. We're getting away with it being a sex comedy without flat out saying it's a sex comedy. It's a wonderful film though. Really funny. And I think everybody should check it out. Design for living. Hell yeah. Can't go called. wrong with the Lubitsch touch. And, and there's a really fun- available Ryan. Uh, I have it on criterion. I haven't checked if it's available for streaming. Um, I picked it up. Barnes and Noble does their half off criterion. So, and I totally blind bought it because of uh, Lubitsch being the director. And I really like Miriam Hopkins. So, uh, more, more than likely you're going to be finding it on the criterion channel. If you got that off of criterion. Yeah. Um, and there's a really funny, uh, supplement on it that, uh, Lubitsch directed with Charles Naughton and I forget, I, I don't remember the context of it, but it's this guy who works in this typing, but I don't know what they're doing. So, so like a factory and the whole short is he walks up and then he gives his boss a raspberry. That's the whole thing. It's funny. Um, yeah. So next week. Oh, wait. The last Bill- thing I watched was a uh, bullet train. Yeah. Next week is, is uh, Film Explosion 2002. So make sure you thwip those lists to us so we can share them on the show. Um, and then the week after that, I don't know. We'll, we'll, there'll be a couple movies we can choose from. And since all the nerds are pretty much here, I don't think we'll have any extra things. Brad, are you doing an extra around the town? Uh, yeah. Sweet. Here that. Here's that. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. Okay. Sorry. I got behind again. And this episode is way behind the last uh, recording of Around Town that I did. So I'm doing a new one. And this weekend is going to be the 19th and 20th of August. So the late night at the Esquire is John Wick. And then because I'll probably get late on this again, let's just uh, go through the rest of the month. So Friday, August 26th is The Room. And Saturday, the 27th is Rocky Horror Picture Show, just like every month. And then starting in September, 2nd and 3rd is Donnie Darko, the original theatrical version. So that's what's going on late nights, and I'm covering plenty of bases there. Uh, At the 88 Drive-In, as I'm recording this, it's still Bullet Train and Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, It'll probably change on Thursday, because I'm recording this the day before. I probably should just wait until tomorrow. Um, But uh, if they don't change it, it works. Uh, Also, I should mention that uh, they are on a reduced schedule now. They're only open Thursday through Sunday, so don't bother going there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And it'll only get shorter as we get closer to September. So uh, get your last trips to the drive-in now and also pick up a t-shirt I designed while you're there. And then uh, the Holiday Twin has two screens, and one of them has Elvis and Super Pets on one, and Bullet Train and Where the Crawdads Sing on the other. 
And the last thing is um, Troma is doing a special screening of Shakespeare's Shitstorm at uh, the uh, Sea Film Center for in conjunction with uh, the Colorado Festival of Horror on September 8th. You can get tickets on their website, denverfilm.org. And then what else? Uh, if you had tickets to Dune this week, uh, the last screening of uh, Film on the Rocks uh, this summer, uh, you were rained out and they had to postpone it. So sometime in September, um, they will be doing the new version of Dune again uh, for everyone who missed that because uh, of the rain. Um, and lastly, on September 16th, they are screening the 48-hour films. And obviously, I have one in there. And you can watch that at The Bug. Not sure what time yet. My film's in Block C, so it'll definitely be the latest screening of the night. Uh, there's only three blocks, A, B, and C. And, you know, probably start at noon and go to, like, 11 or midnight because there's probably, like, 15 films in each block. So um, as we get closer to that, I'll give you more information. But, you know, uh, September 16th, you can put on your schedule now and uh, get the details later. So that's what's going on around town. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. That was funny. My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> so can't wait to see you all next week for Film Explosion 2002. And we'll see you at the movies. Bye. 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 Well, a real nerd knows who shot well, a real nerd can follow the plot. And a real nerd will jump out of the gods. Lights, camera, action. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.